0: Welcome to Specialty Scoop, a multi-part podcast series showcasing breakthrough ideas in specialty medicine. It's brought to you by the Royal College of Physicians and Surgeons of Canada, and we're very grateful to RBC Healthcare for their in-kind support to make this possible. On this podcast, you'll hear from our colleagues across Canada who have brought their ideas and research to life, and who are here to share the scoop on what they've learned along the way. I'm your host, Guylaine Lefebvre. I'm a gynae surgeon, former chief of obstetrics and gynecology at St. Mike's in Toronto, and I remain a professor at U of T. I'm speaking to you today as the Executive Director of Membership Engagement and Programs at the Royal College. Our strategic plan highlights building community and fostering excellence. We recognize the growing impact of medical innovation on the delivery of patient care. I hope you're as curious as I am to learn from our guests. Getting the scoop on their experience will hopefully inspire you in your own projects. In our first two episodes, we'll explore the world of apps in healthcare. We'll hear from our guests on how they got started and learn from their experiences with pearls and pitfalls. Today, we'll hear from Dr. Teresa Chan. Eight years into her career, this emergency physician is already nationally known as a trailblazer in medical education. She readily embraces new tools and techniques, including less traditional means like social media and gaming to reach trainees and faculty on a broad scale. Teresa Chan is now the Associate Dean of Continuing Professional Development at McMaster Faculty of Health Sciences. With her is Dr. Monica Billick, a first year resident in emergency medicine, also at Mac. Teresa and Monica are here to discuss their app, which is set to launch in early 2022. Welcome to you both. Teresa, you have a wealth of experience with technology and education. What prompted you to develop this particular app? And can you tell us a bit more about what the app does, actually?
1: Yeah, so really, it's a natural extension of projects we already were um, doing. And so, canadium.org was a little startup, not-for-profit, I guess. It's a group of faculty, residents, med students at the time banded together to make a more sustainable, um, open access blog for emergency medicine education. Um, So, you know, in that vein, we were kind of ready to pounce and help with the pandemic efforts. And there was something flagged by one of our kind of senior editors that maybe people would want resources um, at the time that we needed to go about thinking about whether succumbents and people who might have to step up to the plate and become a merge doc suddenly uh, would need to come to bear. And so we created a very um, rough sketch of a pandemic response and we actually prototyped using Google Forms to be able to prototype an app that would allow instant um, access to your phone for hints and you know so you could run off in the corner if you were in an internist suddenly taking care of a trauma patient refresh yourself before the trauma gets there and then and then you know hit the ground running knowing that they might not have always had the expertise and or the local mentorship to be able to do that depending on the jurisdiction luckily we did not have to come to bear and have a lot of that happen That being said, now we had all these resources that we developed. And so we actually ended up thinking about how we could reposition that. And that's where Monica and her crew of Mary med students came along the way to say, we think that all this stuff could be repurposed easily to become something for medical students. And so we've been working on that. And med students love apps. So we wanted to make sure that we had something that would be app facing for for them.
0: Monica, you're a first year resident in, uh, in emergency medicine. How did you find time to actually get involved with that? What motivates you to take this on?
2: I mean, I think it's a lot of what Dr. Chan was saying about a lot of the legwork kind of already being done for us with the like previous primer that existed. So I think we worked as part of a team and we were able to kind of divvy up the work in repurposing that from being for staff redeployed to residents and for for medical students. So we weren't really kind of going out into the world and finding brand new information. We were just kind of working with what was already there, which I think was key to that for us. I think we kind of also just found that this was a, with with the amount of information that's available out there, this was kind of a void that we found as med students that, you know, when you're on shift and you're trying to find like a quick piece of information about, I just saw a patient with chest pain, what kinds of stuff do I have to rule out? It was a lot to do a Google search or even an up-to-date search to kind of see all of the information that's out there. So we found that this was a really nice, like void in the medical literature to fill. To just provide that bite sized high yield information for med students and residents and we found that like even by creating this app it was almost a review period for us too because we were able to go over the info that was pertinent to the fields we were um, exploring and, and kind of study while we were creating the app, so it, it did kind of serve double duty for us.
0: That that makes a lot of sense, Teresa. Is that how you start? Truly, as you you identify a need and based on that need, create content that you can then repurpose in a variety of ways. Has has that been one of the the considerations for you?
1: I think that whenever you're trying to be um, a a good contributor to the world, I think you have to you have to think about your end users. So you have to, as a teacher, be learner-centered. As a physician, you have to be patient-centered. I think that, you know, if you're a leader, you have to really think about your constituents and how you can tend to their needs. So I think that part of it's a no-brainer in that I think you have to listen to what people's pain points are. You have to understand that up-to-date and DynaMed are super Increasingly used, but mainly because there's nothing better and free. And so, if this free open access medical education movement that we've started—that predates kind of its name—but um, you know, there's been a huge surge in at least emergency medicine and critical care of uh, resources that are being made by clinician educators for other clinicians. That movement is something that I truly believe in, but I do think that sustainability is an issue, and so. Thinking about how to be efficient, super important to make sure that that can continue on because I see a lot of burnout happening with my colleagues, both clinically, but also on the educator sector. And so we try to make things fit multiple ways. So you have a blog post, how can it fit within an asynchronous cur- curriculum? So, for instance, Academic Life and Emergency Medicine has the ALIEMU project. So com, and it is taking all the blog content that's out there and rebundling them into open access and free for end user coaching modules for residents to be able to learn different and earn badges and stuff like that. So I think that we need to be curating this content more vigorously so that they can go and stretch further. So a being a blog post probably isn't enough, but if you also then incorporate and link to it from an app, if you put it in a learning management system, if you start using it in your academic days, then it, you you can actually make that go really far. And I think I think that that's the future of how to be more efficient um, as we head into this era of there being a lot of material there. We need more curators.
0: Great pearls of wisdom here. The content is actually what is the... The most precious resource, and so making it available in a variety of ways. In in coming up with the idea for this particular app, what are some of the challenges that you faced, and how have you overcome them? Maybe Monica, since you were the the user and developing force, I'll go to you as uh, as you come up with sparkly idea. And what would be your recommendations for? Here are some hurdles that you can bypass, perhaps.
2: I think being kind of the, on the student aspect of this, I think recognizing the need for something like this was really quite easy, and and kind of. Coming up with the idea for it wasn't so challenging. It was more that next step of then, how do we take this from an idea to an actual app? Um, I myself didn't have a lot of experience with app creation or like the whole user interface design thing. So I think that was a bit of a challenge at first, was kind of trying to think of how we were going to take this idea and actually materialize it. And I think what we did for that is like we turned to experts like Dr. Chan and others that were able to. kind of are more familiar with this and more experienced and are able to do that for us as opposed to taking on the task of now learning how to program an app and do all of those kinds of things and then further like we, we used things like google forms and things like that that we were more familiar with using as a jumping off point because we found that that was a pretty simple way to get that on your phone in a mobile app like way with something that we were already familiar with using and creating Thanks, that makes
0: sense. Teresa, any specific advice on some of these go to tools and resources perhaps that
1: others would consider? Yeah, I mean, I think a big part of it is just having a judicious sense of what works for your constituents and understanding who you're trying to serve and what they're going to like. If I was trying to reach people who are maybe identified with a different generation, like all baby boomers, I'd probably use LinkedIn, I'd probably use different platforms, I would probably send emails. Um, if I'm trying to reach uh, Monica's crew, I know that if it doesn't have a good slice of mobile applicability, we're probably not going to get the traction we want. And so just having our blog is, is not sufficient, right? And so that's why we've diversified into podcasts and other things like that. I think at the end of the day, it's about the teamwork makes dream work of motto is really what it comes down to. And so I think Monica has identified that If you have an idea, then a big part of it is to actually go out there and find a team that can take care of it because no one person is going to be able to do it all. And plus, if you do it all by yourself, you're probably not going to have the same level of success. Um, that you would if you had multiple people bringing their expertise and their lens into what you're trying to do. And so for our team, and you'll know this guy, Dr. Yusuf Yomez came on to our team as someone who is a PhD computer education, you know, guru to advise us and help us and You know, um, we were lucky enough to win a grant to be able to foster this app development. And so all those things come together and we're able to kind of think about how we can actually assemble the right team with the right partners to be able to make our dreams happen. And so I think at the end of the day, whenever you're doing something technological, you don't have to have all the competencies. But what you can do is assemble a team that together can function kind of like the Avengers. Like you you don't want just want to be Superman. Superman can do a lot of stuff, but even he has kryptonite. So he's better when he joined the Justice League. So these are the kind of things that I try to analogize. I think we have to think about how we bring people together.
0: You've just created a really strong visual for me on this. I love it. Thank you. Perhaps Monica, I'll leave you with the last question. Then on how you're you're now first year and emerge uh, a few years to go, you'll be on staff and then on faculty. How do you see using apps in your future? I know hard to to predict the future, and maybe there'll be something even more evolved than what we know today as apps. But where do these fit as you think through your continuous learning as a physician?
2: I think there are a few different ways we can think about apps being involved in medical education and kind of use on shift and things like that. I think as we've outlined, like um, being used as reference materials is great to think like we used to have like a reference manual for internal medicine and a different one for pediatrics and a different one for surgery. And like your scrub pants can only fit so many different manuals, but like you will always have your cell phone with you right in this day and age or some kind of mobile device. So, I think it does provide that ease of now I can quickly access this high yield, accurate, validated, evidence based information, as opposed to in days prior where you'd have to be flipping through a book trying to find it. So, I think that's kind of huge and it's trending towards that way. And then, I think also with even like people like us who perhaps a couple of years ago were not so familiar with app creation, it is becoming more accessible and easier to do things like this. So, I think you're getting a lot more app creators than were around a few years ago so it's kind of expanding to ideas beyond like things that we've discussed here and like other things and and fields of medicine that that can expand into app creation like we also see apps being used in things like like evals or evaluations and feedback and things like that so i think just given that we all now carry some kind of device and and like the, the potential applications for apps I think that this is something that's going to be with us for a long time and it, there's going to be a
1: lot of different applications within medicine
0: thanks Monica any last words Teresa anything to add to those reflections
1: yeah I think that if you're an innovator and you want to get into things there's lots of different ways you can get in there you can just roll up your sleeves like Monica and I have but there is increasingly access to training so I'll put a spotlight out there for some of the great work that some of our educators are doing here at McMaster locally there are asynchronous programs around health ventures and helping you kind of transition from not just being a clinician to being someone who might be part of a startup company or actually start up your own company and so definitely check out like health ventures program that's at mac there's also other people might want to go further on to do an mba uh, so there's definitely opportunities for your up your skills but this is just the beginning of a long line of people probably doing a little bit of this off the side of our desk, like we do a lot of other things because we're passionate about it. But passion can only get you so far. So if you're super interested in this, just like you would become a specialist in emergency medicine or psychiatry, think about upskilling yourself and uh, going on a continuing learning journey. Um, I would be remiss for me not to throw a bug out there because I am currently the associate of continuing professional development. So I do believe that we can learn new skills and build an app or start a business plan or make a pitch and I think there are some great success stories out there that you're going to be speaking with so please uh, you know keep us all in the loop with some of that work because I think that'll be awesome Um, and great inspirational stories from our colleagues who do this kind of um, innovation work.
0: Thank you both. You've been very motivating and energizing for the first in our podcast on innovation. I must say I've taken away some valuable lessons and I really hope our listeners have too. Thank you. Here are some of the things I'll take home from our conversation today. Keep an open mind for new ways of delivering education. There are many different styles of learners and aligning technology can make learning both accessible and fun. Keep it simple. You don't have to do everything for everybody with one asset. I certainly learned that the the core content that you develop can be repurposed in a variety of different ways to deliver at the right time to the right people who need it. It was really important to involve Monica in this project as a resident who is a user. So really have your users in mind. I think that was made clear in our conversation. And Teresa, having access to expert resources at McMaster, it highlights the importance of reaching out to the people who can give you some valuable tips and assistance. This is definitely an area where it takes a village and someone to bring a sparkly new idea. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that. Be sure to join us for part two of our episodes on apps with Dr. Jonathan White talking about his hugely successful app, Surgery 101. If you like this episode, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or where you listen. Please subscribe so that you don't miss future episodes. And don't forget to share this episode on social media and with your peers who might benefit from the ins and outs of app development. Until next time on Specialty Scoop, I'm